Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of How Did Town Get On? My name is David Hall. Yep, it's my turn to host this time. Joining me as always is Ryan McMenamin. Hello, Ryan. Hello, mate. You all right? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. And joining us on this special episode is one of the club directors, Stu Jackson. Stu, hello. hello. Mate. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Just want to start by uh, thanking you for agreeing to come on. I know more communication from the directors was something you mentioned in an email in the Supporters Club newsletter, and we'll get onto that later. But this is probably the first time people have heard from you. Yeah, it's definitely the first time people have heard from me. Um, the other directors have done a few few bits and pieces on local radio and stuff, but it's the first time I'm here talking to you. And uh, yeah, so I'm Stu Jackson. I uh, have been a, a fan of Lancaster City since 1994-95 season. I used uh, I used to go up to the other uni for a number of years, uh, originally from London, but went up to Lancaster in 1994 and uh, stayed actually in Lancaster till 99. Um, so I was there for a good five years and, and followed Lancaster City through that time. I now live down in London and um, yeah, got back in, in touch with the club kind of summer last year and uh, started helping out. So it's a real pleasure to be here and speaking to you. No, we do appreciate you are speaking to us. But obviously this season, it has been all change on a, a on a Barry Newsham boardroom level. Um, Stuart Houghton stepped down from his role as chairman at the end of last season. Could you talk us through what the setup is now? Yeah. Um, is there a new chairman or has there been a different approach? We've actually taken a different approach. I mean, Stuart did an astonishing job for the club. I mean, he was the club, right, for many, many years. And he stepped down in kind of late spring, summertime. And at that time, the board directors were um, Andy Baker and James Comiskey. And then over those kind of coming weeks and months, both those guys were keen to get more people on board to support them um, and be board directors as well. So I bumped into James. It's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a funny story. Maybe we'll touch on it later. But I randomly bumped into James. We didn't know each other in the car park of Giant Axe when I was on a, on a trip up to Lancaster. And we just randomly bumped into each other. We, we got talking and, and before I knew it, I was uh, very, very you know, keen to be, be uh, part of the club again. Um, and you've got Dave and Amy Evans, who are also uh, board, fellow board directors, um, who've been linked with the club for many years. And um, yeah, we, we, we're running it currently as, as five people who've got the best interest of the club at, at heart and kind of running it as equals. Um, just to try and kind of bring in our different skill sets and experiences to, to help the club. So in our last episode, we discussed the email that you sent to it in reply to the Supporters Club weekly newsletter uh, and your response. We'll just summarise it here again quickly. To sum it up, finances are precarious, is the adjective you used. So challenging times ahead this season. Gate money hasn't increased enough in the first half of the season. Some positive points, improvements in all the following areas. Dolly's Diner and the bar both operationally and financially improving. Commercial sponsorships coming through. We've made more money from board sales and shirt sponsorships than ever before. Commercial partnerships like the one with We Buy Any Car also delivering. We've had record bookings for the sponsors lounge as well. However, in all these areas mentioned, we need more. Yeah, I mean it's um it's a tough it's a tough situation right now for the club because Financially, obviously, we need to be financially stable and, and sustainable for the foreseeable future. And currently, it's very tight. Finances are extremely tight. 
which is which is really difficult. You know, as I said in in my email, like actually, when you look at things like new sponsors, when you look at the bar and diner, when you look at ticket even ticket sales, like everything's up. Like our income is up, which is great um, because a lot of the things that we we've put in place since the beginning of the season have have come through. But in the same way as that the the revenues up costs are up as well like everything's gone up you know this from your your household income right even if just energy bills as an example like everything has gone up in the last six months which was totally unexpected so whereas we thought we were going to be in a, a, a you know relatively good uh position at this you know the, at this stage of the year we actually find ourselves in a really really difficult financial position but it's one you know it's one that we're wanting to solve of course like we want to we want to keep the, the club you know, buoyant and financially, financially stable. So we're, you know, you mentioned some of the things that we've done already. So the We Buy Any Car relationship is good in terms of it bringing in money. The sponsorships in terms of reaching out to new sponsors, um, either for the you know, advertising boards or for, uh, for match day sponsorships, that's all, all going well. But we just need, we need more than we were expecting because the costs have gone up quite significantly just in terms of running a club. In the summer, we made big decisions like contracting players for more surety, but the injury situation in the early months of the season was laughable. Yeah, I, I, totally. I, the, the no one could foresee that injury. Let's call it what it is, like crisis. That's what it feels like. You know, brought some fantastic players, and 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 you're right. Some you know some people on contract, but when those players get injured unexpectedly, and the amount of players that we had injured you know, seven players out, that's expensive. But that is not expected. It then causes real problems financially. That's the reality of that. And, you know, we're now trying to get to a stage where we can compensate for that through the money that we bring into the club rather than doing anything else. Because we know we we, we 100% support Mark and decisions that he's making and he's he's trying to make the best decisions to get the best results and he's got our full backing of course um and you know what we now need to do is make sure that we can continue hopefully get an even better performance on the pitch uh, i know we all want that but also kind of like ensure that we're we're supporting the club financially whether that's the player budget whether that's improvements to the ground whether that's growth plans you know that's that's really the focus for us is making sure that we're actually in a position uh, where we're where we're not tight every month, and we can act, we can start to invest in places that we want to invest. You also urged us as supporters to be realistic. That's right. I mean, if we take it right back to its basics, we're all supporters of this club. We're all fans of the club. We want us to do well. We, as the board, are trying to to you know put in place certain things to make that happen and in, ensure that we've got a bright future. But it's going to take time, and again we were i think we've had a really tough six months and six months we weren't expecting as a board because of a number of things that you've brought up the you know the injury challenges things that i've mentioned around increased uh, inflationary costs in terms of running the club we're confident we can get things back on the right track but then we need a kind of period of stability and growth and that isn't going to happen overnight you know how long have we got left of this season four months and then we've got the summer break and then we're back into it in august you know, we want to be in a position in August where we're not struggling every month from a financial perspective, and we do have some surety uh, of income, and that's what we're that's what we're pulling together now. But 
you know, as I said in my email, it will take time. These things won't happen overnight. We don't, unfortunately, have the kind of cash benefactor that many clubs do, fortunately for them, have. Um, so we need to be, you know, we, we need to run this thing as a business. And that means we need to bring money in that cover more than the money going out. It's as simple as that. That will take time to build, but we're confident we can do it. We're excited about some of the plans that we've got, which we're sharing with our shareholders in, uh, in early February. And then very happy to come and speak to you about those uh, as well once the shareholders have signed them off. But you'll see that, you know, the plan that we've got ahead is an exciting one. It's a positive one. And it's realistic about how we're going to achieve that. You know, there's no, there's no pie in the sky stuff in there. This is all stuff that we can do. We can put into place in a very, very considered way and, and deliver on it. So, you know, I'm, I, our real challenge right now for the, for the rest of this season is to make sure that we can make ends meet month to month. That's where we are. We don't want to be in that position next season. And I think we can get out of that position financially uh, and then we can grow. But, you know, that will take, take some time to do that. But we, we're confident we'll get there. So myself, David and Craig had our own say on all this in the last episode. Since then, sadly, Staley with Celtic, who were a big club, had to slash the playing budget by 20% to cut costs to a point where they can even carry on this season. So the question is, has there been a consideration to the same? Because obviously the biggest outlay is players. Yeah, look, we've, we've been in conversation with Mark being really careful with costs, for sure. I mean, there's nothing as dramatic as what you've, you've just mentioned around Staley Bridge and no statements coming out from us in, from that perspective. But certainly we've had conversations as a board and with Mark to say, look, we've got to be really careful of, our, of, of managing costs. And, and, you know, Mark's completely aware of that as well. We're working as one team to make sure that happens. And hopefully we won't be in, that, in, in the same position as Staley Bridge are. And hopefully we can get through this season. Again, it's going to be tight, but we'll get through this season uh, generally in the, in the the state we are from a from a uh, financial perspective and a club you know off the pitch perspective and then we can start to think about how we build next year when we've got that next season when we've got that financial stability is there a, a magic number for what you want the attendance to be because it's gone <laughs> up maybe maybe kind of 20 percent because uh you're looking at 380 360 a lot of weeks and it's quite impressive well look my my magic number is around three and a half thousand <laughs> I'm not sure we're going to be getting there this season or next, but that would be brilliant if we could actually fill the ground, right? That would be an amazing. That would be an amazing achievement. Uh, that's not just to, you know. That's not something that we're we're. Um, it's not something that's part of our plan. Just want to set expectations there. But you know, you asked me for a magic number. I'd love to see that kind of that kind of gate coming in uh, every week. And uh, you know, who knows as we grow the grow the club over you know the next few years, the next decade. You know, we could be looking at that kind of that kind of interest coming in. But actually, you know, gates have increased, as you say, you, even where we are now, the gate has increased since the start of the season by 10%, which is, which is good. Um, we want to increase that even more. I mean, like the last five games that we've had at home, all those in attendance, it's over 300 people in attendance, right? And if you think back to the last time that's happened, I don't know when that, when that is, I don't know if you do, but that's a, that's a big gate to get that regularly for us. I know end of the season matches, some, you know, last, the end of last season, um, the gate was higher than that. But I'm talking about regular mid-season matches and we're getting gates of over 300, uh, 300 people. In fact, the average for the last five games, 378 people, which is nearly 100 more people coming to our games compared to last year's average. So things are looking really 
positive from that perspective. You know, that means that we're getting a groundswell of support from the community. And I think a lot of the work that Dave has done around Dolly's in the community, engaging with schools, engaging with parents, is actually paying off on a regular basis now. Um, it's not just like, like that one match that the kids come down and the parents come down, where, they, where, like, where, the, where the kids are the school of the week or the team of the week. They're coming back again. And that's fantastic because what that does is it not only brings in money through the gate, but then they spend money on the diner. They spend money maybe on a shirt or a pencil case or any of the, any of the merch you can buy at the ground. So all those things are heading in the right direction. And that makes me really happy. That makes us all really happy, right? As fans, as the directors, as the players, you want, you want to get as big a gate as possible. So we're doing really well on the, on the gate side. I think we just need to make sure we can continue that consistency and then continue to grow it. Uh, that would, you know, that would be really the, the focus is, you know, 378 is a massive improvement on where we were at the beginning of the season. You know, it would be fantastic to regularly be getting in 500 people. Uh, that would be a that would be a fantastic, you know, that would be quite check, that would be quite transformational for the club. 500 paying people coming in every week would uh, every home match would really help. I don't think there's three and a half thousand people know we exist in Lancaster. Now I challenge you on that. May, ah, maybe not in Lancaster, but this is one of the, f- the fascinating things and one of the big opportunity areas I think we have as a club. So we've got a, we've got a, around th- you know between 300 and 400 people coming to the matches every home game. But on online we've got a following of over 30,000 people. So across different social media channels and and so on, we've got 30,000 people who are following Lancaster for for some for, for whatever reason, right? I think a lot of them could be people who used to live in Lancaster or go to the U. The matches are living away now, but they want to follow. So tapping into that base, tapping into those people who are that, thir- that kind of supporter base of 30,000 people is absolutely critical to, I think, to the, the future success of the club. And there's a number of ways we can do that. You know, one of the, one of the things we've been trying to get off the ground, but struggling because we, we, we don't have the money to do it. So we're trying to make sure we get... Um, you know, supporters to, to help us with this is, is building a better website and having a better digital presence. Now you've seen the, seen the work that Maddie and, and James and team have done on the social media and it's phenomenal. Like they've done an incredible job of building our presence online and, and really helping us, you know, position ourselves as a, as a professional outfit uh, online. But there is, you know, there's more that we can do. We can get that web, we can get the website up and running and looking good. Um, that then gives you opportunities to sell merch. That then gives you opportunities to um, bring in more income, bring in more interest from fans who maybe can't get to a match but are interested in the club. And that's an area of real focus for me and for the rest of the board is like, how do we tap in to the 30,000 rather than just to be able to kind of improve things with the, with the loyal fan base of three to 400 who are coming every match. So again, you know, brilliant that we've raised the gate numbers. But I definitely see our supporter base as 30,000 people, not 300 or 400. And we'll, you'll see more and more ideas that we're going to be bringing that can generate money and revenue for the club through digital, uh, digital channels, um, which is very different for this club, right? So previously we've been reliant heavily on people turning up, spending money. What we need to do, that needs to keep, that needs to keep happening. But what we also need to do is tap into our fan base of 30,000 people and get them to buy a shirt, get them to engage with the club, get them to, you know, feel a part of that part of that community as well online. So um, looking forward to sharing more on that as, as we can. One of the things you'd have seen 
um, one of the ideas that we're floating at the moment is the idea of name, name our stadium. Um, we would be, you know, expecting to tap into that, that digital fan base to get as much cash as we possibly can as people get interested in that, that idea. Um, so you can see, you know, that's just, that's just one idea that we've got going around at the moment. We've got a number of others that we're working on, which are really exciting as well, uh, which I'm very happy to share with you in a future podcast. But, you know, these are, these are very different ways of engaging with a fan base for Lancaster City. It's not just the people who come to the, the match who we massively appreciate every, every home match, of course, but it's, it's the 30,000 other people who follow us uh, who we want to tap into as well. This is probably one of the, the biggest bugbears for us as well, considering we have 18,000 students in Lancaster. How, as a club, can we not attract a core group of students to games? All this talk of precarious finances and needing higher gates. Obviously, we, we got the magic number down from three and a half to 500. And there seems to be zero interactions with either of the unis. Has this been discussed at a board level? Yeah, it has been discussed. It's, in fact, that's one of the things that I've taken on to try and solve. Uh, and I'd hope to have had better news, to be honest, at this stage of the year. We, we interacted, I interacted with the Student Union of Lancaster Uni back in July. And we did manage to get a student promotion going, which happened in early November. It took quite a few months to do that, but it didn't get the numbers that we were hoping for from the students. However, there are lessons that you always learn from those things. And I think one of the things we relied on too heavily was digital marketing and actually probably <clears throat> getting someone up at the uni in the week before the match, flyering Alexander Square or, or, the, or the bars uh, is, is probably the way to do it. And that's actually what we're going to be doing. So we're doing another student promotion in the next, uh, the next few months. And we're going to be heavy. We're going to be much heavier on physical marketing rather than relying on the digital marketing. Um, but we, we, I asked the same question uh, as you just did to me when I joined the board. It's like, hang on a sec, there's, there's you know, more than 15,000 people at that uni. There are thousands of people, um, or at least a 1,000 people who are in the football clubs at the uni. You know, the university's got three or four, I think it's, I think it's four uni football sides. And in each college, there's nine colleges at the uni, and they've each got at least three football teams. So you've got a core group of people there who like football, for starters. You know, we've got to find a way of tapping into that group of people. And maybe it's as simple as going down to their, uh, their Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening training matches and, and, uh, and flyering them and trying to get them involved in the, uh, you know, and getting them interested in the club. But I share the frustration because that is one of the untapped areas that we need to, we need to really, really, really mine because I think we can get a lot of... Uh, uh, you know, a, a, we can really grow that gate um, with that kind of uh, with those kind of numbers just on our doorstep. It was announced uh, earlier this week, but it has just been announced as postponed due to the weather that we were going to host a Burnley Women's League Cup game on Sunday. It was noted, however, that Lancaster City ladies haven't had the chance to play on there yet. Are the board committed to a Lancaster City's ladies game to be played inside Jack? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we've agreed with the ladies management team. Um, if they want to use the pitch, we're fully supportive of that, assuming it works for the first team and the under 23s and it's weather dependent. Um, but, you know, we'll do everything we can to support those requests. We've had two requests to use the pitch from the ladies team so far. Both were called off 
due to bad weather. No other reason. So expect a ladies match at Giant Axe very soon. One of the other success stories this season has been the launch of Dollars in the Community. I believe Dave Evans has a lot to do with it. We've got community guests down most games through a variety of initiatives, uh, engaging with the local community, especially at school level. It's very much a long-term goal. Is there a time in the future when we expect the full benefits of Dollars in the Community? And what are they? Yeah, well, Dave's done a, a phenomenal job of, of putting that together. You know, Dollars in the Community kicked off in August at the start of the season. Um, since then, we've had 17 mascots down. We've had 17 teams of the week. We've had eight schools of the week. We've got the Walking Football Initiative. Uh, just before Christmas, we created 2,500 kids' activity books that were taken to local primary schools. Just 24 hours ago, we announced that Easter Fields Festival is going to be back at Giant Axe uh, come Easter Monday. And all these things raise the profile of Lancaster City Football Club within the local community. You know, these are, these are initiatives and activities that engage the local community. Uh, therefore, the visibility of the club raises. Yeah, you, you hope that will have some kind of knock-on effect for the club in terms of the gate. So as we kind of move towards a, a higher gate, you hope that that's going to have that effect. And we've seen that, as I said to you earlier, you know, with the mascots. It, they're not just coming down for one week and the parents aren't just coming down for one week when their kids are the mascot. They come down again. Uh, same with schools of the week, the teams of the week and so on. So you do have that knock-on effect, but it does for that to, to to start to embed itself the activity books is a great example you know that all that those 2500 activity books went home with those kids and with their you know go they, they end up on the kitchen table and the parents get interested the kids get interested the kids are nagging the parents to go to go to Lancaster City Football Club and see a match and all that is starting to trickle through you know if as we said we were getting gates last season, season of under 300 we're now getting an average gate in the last five games of 378 people. That doesn't happen just by chance. That happens because of things like dollies in the community. And, you know, added to that, having a community programme um, like dollies gives you a real standing within the community and with community leaders um, who can help us in some big decisions we've got to make as a club in the future. So it's about building relationships as much as it is bringing people down to the ground. But it has, it has both of those impacts and I think both of those are really important for a club like ours, which is a community football club, always has been. Um, so, yeah, it's one of the areas that I think as a board we're extremely proud of. And, you know, hats off to Dave. Done a brilliant job of, bring, of pulling that together and executing on it. And he works tirelessly on that. You know, he's, he, he's, uh, he's done a fantastic job. So, yeah, really, really pleased with that. And as, as I say, I think we are actually already starting to reap the benefits and hopefully that will only go, go one way. Yeah, David. Yeah. Did you ever score at Easterfield? I never played Easterfield. However, this is quite embarrassing. I refereed it twice. I used to be a football referee, didn't I? I scored twice. <laughs> Did you win by corners when it was a draw? No, we got knocked out in group. We can get you a game this Easter Monday, gentlemen, if you really want to. It's Bamber Bridge away. Yeah, we're in Bamber Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... This week, we've seen the first director's newsletter. So for anyone listening that wants to join that mailing list, uh, you can email stew at lancastercityfc.com. Yeah, so we're going to be putting those out every two months. And it just gives us an opportunity to give you all a view on what's happening off the pitch. 
So we won't be we won't be commenting on what's going on on the pitch. We've got the program for that. We've got podcasts like this. We've got the social media that keeps people up to date on that. But the feedback that we got from supporters uh, before Christmas was they hadn't heard enough from us as the directors. And you know, we it's in, it's an interesting piece of feedback. I think it's fair. We took it on we took it on the chin and thought, okay, the the things we have been doing and the way we have been communicating because there has been interviews given to local radio articles in the Lancaster Guardian, press releases going out, social media stuff going out all the time. Clearly it wasn't enough or it wasn't the right channel to get to the, the, the supporters who wanted to, to hear more. So I thought, let's just take it right back to basics and do a newsletter. Um, so the Dolly Blue Bulletin was born, went out uh, just a few days ago. And yeah, we'll be doing that every two months, just giving you an update on where we are with things like finances, with uh, new ideas like the Neymar Stadium idea, Give you an art, give you a chance to meet our sponsors. So this this first edition we've featured Darren Mills, CEO of Fear Records, uh, our shirt sponsor, and um, yeah, the, you know it's it's a really great opportunity for us just to kind of give give you a, an insight, give anyone who's interested an insight onto what's going on behind the scenes. It was excellently produced, by the way. The main point of it was, as you said earlier, uh, the initiative to raise ten thousand pounds in return for the name of the Giant Axe. I'm going to change it to the name of the winner's choice. That's a bold move, but for ten grand. Thank you, mate. Yeah, look, we we discussed it, at a, at a, you know, as the board. It is a bold move. It's been done by a few clubs before. It's not we're not the first one to do it, and it brings in. We, we, we as far as we can tell, it's bringing in quite a good amount of money. Hampton and Richmond are one of the teams who've done it recently. So we're going to give that a go, and you know, it's a it's a it's a big ambition to try and raise ten grand, which would really help us financially get out of the hole that we're in at the moment. And also, you know, really important for me to stress, I was keen, you know, when I was speaking to the other directors about this idea, that we don't want to lose our heritage. We don't want to lose Giant Axe. So that kind of remains as part of our of our club and, and remains the, uh, you know, the, remains in the naming. Um, but I'm hoping, again, you know, I talked to you about nearly 30, you know, around 30,000 fans of Lancaster being online and being remote from Lancaster City itself. Yeah, that's the that's the group of people I want to tap into with that idea. I want to make sure that you know we get our social media and our marketing right of this, and we get it out to those thirty thousand people, and they get involved. And if you manage to get even half of the thirty thousand doing that, you know you're on you're you're on big money for our club, and that makes a massive difference for this season and next season. So it is a bold idea. It's a different idea. It's you know it's one that we hope is gonna gonna give us a real financial boost. Um, for the club and I really hope people can get behind it. Do it. Have you anything else for us? Just to say thank you very much for inviting me on the podcast. It's nice to get the invite and I'm really pleased we could do it. Um, I'm really happy to come back on whenever you want me to. And especially if we've got, you know, if we've got big stuff to share or big stuff that we've announced, you know, really happy to, to jump on and, and give you five minutes or 50 minutes, however long you want. Thank you for joining us today. I'm sure the fans are just as appreciative as we are for you coming on and giving us an update on the club. Thanks to you, Ryan, for joining this evening. Thanks, mate. And we'll be back in February to talk through all the on-pitch activities this month. ta